We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, we're here to talk about um, an athlete related to the state of Georgia uh, coming up victorious. Big congratulations to Brian Harmon for winning the Open Championship at Hoy Lake in Liverpool. But before we get into all that, hey, Adam, how you doing? I'd have been doing a lot better if Brian Harmon didn't win the Open. I mean, that's that's the honest answer. Uh, one of my favorite sporting events of the year, and uh, it bored the hell out of me because Brian Harmon, not the most exciting player, um, man who waggles, you know, somewhere between fifteen to twenty times before he hits any shot, just ran away with it. So I'd be doing better if it was not for Brian Harmon. So that's that's your endorsement. You know, as a fellow Southern man, you share a lot of interests. I know that, but I I can't stand behind it. That's fine. I didn't like it either, but it happened. Which brings us to the Atlanta Braves against the Milwaukee Brewers. Some of it was fun. Some of it wasn't fun, but it was all close. It was a tight competitive series and, and one that featured... Yet another exciting moment in a season that has been trying at times, fun at times, and still uh, has led to a lot of hope moving forward. Uh, Before we get into the series between the Braves and the Brewers, we'll talk about some things that happened. We don't have too many updates around baseball. We've got one that pertains to this series and one that pertains to the future of uh, the rest of this Brewer season. Uh, and we'll get to the most notable one here in a moment. But uh, one that's definitely of notice, Brandon Woodruff did indeed make his first rehab start with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Uh, three innings pitch, no runs, two hits, four strikeouts, 32 pitches, up to 97 miles per hour per Kurt Hogue. Uh, like we said, a minimum of three starts is the plan right now to see where Woody is in his return to Major League action. But all things positive. Uh, for his first outing. Um, I know um, 
some of our GSPN friends were hoping that they could go attend that game, but it turns out it wasn't in Appleton and uh big time <laughs> Ty Windish. Uh, it was a, it was a tough, tough beat on his part. Didn't read the schedule correctly, but it's fine. He tried his best. Listen, even big time Ty's powers don't stretch, you know, as far as Dayton. Um, that's just, it's too far for Ty. Great to see Woody back by all accounts shoving. Saw a few, saw a few clips um, on Twitter. <laughs> X, as it might be known by the time this podcast uh, is in people's ears. Don't know if you're up today on that, Andrew. We can talk about it off air. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just Woody throwing some heat and uh, befuddling some Dayton. I don't even know. What's the Dayton team's name? Beats me, Adam. I don't respect them enough to even know their name. Wow, uh, you don't even know their name. Uh, that's that really is showing the minor league baseball has. Uh, I've has got it. On... Do you want? Do you want to yeah, guess yeah. what the Dayton teams call? Uh, Swamp Dragons. You're so close. You just have to take Swamp off it, and you're right. It's the Dayton Dragons. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I must have seen that in in all of the uh, tweets about Woody and it just, I must've internalized it. And then also thought about the the Brooklyn or New Jersey swamp dragons, whoever they were going to be at one point in the history mm-hmm. of basketball and push the two together. So good to see Woody dominate the dragons. Shout out to the dragon, uh, Pete's dragon, shout out David Lowry, make time for this on the Eurostep podcast network for all things movies. We've got an Oppenheimer episode coming later this week, Barbie next week. Uh, so check that out. If you like movies, Another uh, start of note, Jacob Mizorowski making his double-A debut for the Biloxi Shuckers. Goes four innings, four hits, four runs that are all earned, four walks, five strikeouts. So not the best debut in double-A for Mizorowski, but not worried about that for the moment. Obviously, all part of his development. But Adam, the most important news and note of the weekend, and we'll talk about it as it pertains to Saturday night's game as well, Sal Freelich has made his debut with the Milwaukee Brewers. He has been called up from Nashville, wearing number 10 on his back, Rymel Tapia, designated for assignment. Sal Freelich's a big leaguer now and is expected to be a large part of this outfield configuration for the stretch run for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, exciting times before it happened, and then especially as we watch things unfold. But yeah, a, a day we've been looking forward to. Shout out to uh, John. Uh, we, we've ridden into Sal Hala and... Uh, we're here to be witness now. Witness. I I loved the video, the sounds put out of the news being broken to him. I assume you saw that too. Um, I did. I'm blanking on the sounds manager's name now. Um, but very cool video. I'm sure people saw. And I'm sure generally everyone has been lapping up Tafrila content the past couple of days. We'll, of course, get into some of the details of his performance, but... I mean, there's been all the interviews with his family. There's been all the updates about his dog, and you know, people trying to trying to find people to take care of his dog so the whole family can be there. Um, a lot of sultry style content, and we're all the richer for it. He may not have been lighting things up in AAA of late. Looks right at home once he got to the big leagues, though. Um, you know, that might be what matters, Andrew. Maybe he just he came back. He's like, this isn't my place anymore. The motivation wasn't quite there in the same way. His chance has come now. And he has certainly started off on the right foot with the Brewers. Adam, you ever see a guy talk or play a sport or do anything and you just you see that guy and you're like, yeah, that guy's cool. I can't explain it, but that that guy's cool. Do you get that sense when you see Safri like play baseball? or conduct an interview because you know that that's just kind of the vibe i get i i I just see i think you know i just i just think he's got it i don't know what it is but i think he has it no i'll be i'll be honest no wow now i'm don't get me wrong i'm not saying he's uncool or he doesn't have it but i think cool is a very subjective thing Mm, that's, Um, that's fair i haven't got there yet where i'm like sal is my version of cool not with the series that's in it to bring up, you know, a player from that Atlanta team. Um, Spencer Strider, he's cool. <laughs> First time I saw him and then interviews he gives and his interests, I'm like, all right, this guy's my kind of cool. Maybe Sal is too. He seems fun. I'll, I'll give it that. Um, 
seems to be a pretty kind of vivacious personality from what we saw in freshman going into the season. Seems like the likes of Bryce and Joey, guys who've been around them a lot, are like not just, oh, great, this guy's up, like Rappy's up. They seem like really excited he's up. Um, although Bryce probably had a moment today where he, he may have been wishing he wasn't he wasn't up at the Brewers. But I look, I might get there. He seems fun. I'm definitely having fun watching him play baseball. Um, he's not uncool. Garrett Mitchell might have been more just instantly cool to me. For what for whatever reason that was. Uh and the debate will rage on. For the rest of the season, we'll see where we land. Last... You know, they're all they're all kind of cool though, and in their own way. When I think about it, because like <laughs> Weimer is cool in his own very unique, uncool way. You're just like, oh, that's a that's a weird dude, but he's <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit, and he's really good at sports. You know, uh, he's like completely on his own wavelength. He's like uh, he's like Matthew McConaughey in Days of Confused. That's that's Joey Weimer, but I'm... it's. <laughs> It's just like, like this guy, he's he's cool, he's weird. I mean, but just watch him in action, and you're like, oh, that's that's a really cool guy. Bryce Tarang, and maybe a tad less cool since he cut his hair, was certainly very cool when he first came up. But he was like, you know, we're in the building, and he's hitting grand slams. Uh, but still, I would say cool. So listen, there's some coolness to all these rookies. Maybe Sal's just like not jumping out, but he's he's definitely fun, and I hope he can get to cool for me. A heated disagreement between the cruising for a bruising host. Just kidding, but uh, the the only guy that made his way through the organization this year who I will deem a hundred percent uncool, Matt Bush. Anyway, moving <laughs> on uh, to the last bit of information that I have here per Adam McAlvey or Rowdy Telez is due to get his 17 stitches in his ring finger removed on Tuesday, and he wants to start swinging a bat immediately. So it's about uh, healing up and dealing with the pain now as he swings. So we will keep an eye on Rowdy's progress as it gets reported over the next few weeks. What do, what Adam, do you think of that? Get... I just, just on that, because even the, the quote that came with it was along the lines of, like, Rowdy, I am paraphrasing, but the swear word is in there basically feeling like a fucking idiot for this injury and feeling like he let his team down. Uh, I find that kind of sad because it does just seem like a weird, unfortunate freak thing. I also just don't know, given he was struggling and then he has had the health stuff. If the right response to this is, Oh, this is healing. Give me a bat right away. And I feel like I really need to press because I've let people down. I don't know if that's actually what's going to help the brewers as much as, you know what, Rowdy? Like, let's let's take the extra couple of weeks if that's what it takes and get you back healthy and give you a chance to be yourself as opposed to you feeling like you've got to force it. I'm I have a twofold response to that because my first instinct is to say, Hey, you know, you got hurt. You you're feeling all this guilt about it. Um but the best thing that you can do right now is make sure when you come back you are hundred percent healthy and not playing through pain. And the other side of that, psychologically, where I can kind of understand where he's coming from, is he hears all the trade deadline chatter. Sure. People are probably sending him the trade rumors that, you know, Ken Rosenthal or whoever's going to put out there and like, oh, the Brewers want a first baseman. So he's like, oh, I got to get back and win my job back. So he's in between a rock and a hard place right now, though. Although I think the best thing for him is to get as healthy as possible before he returns. And then, like, they're going to be at at bats up for grabs likely at first base and DH for this team the rest of the season. And I imagine because they're not, they're not going out there and getting Paul Goldschmidt to, to hold down uh, first base or, or somebody that's going to uh, like definitively take the job away from people. Jobs are going to be won and lost throughout the final 62 games of the season based on who's performing well. So are you yeah. saying Andrew, the Freddie Freeman is not going to be a brewer. Is that what you're saying? Uh, honestly, if you told me, Andrew, we have to take away one of your fingers, but the <laughs> Brewers can have Freddie Freeman for the next five years, whatever is left on his contract. It, it'd be a conversation. But anyway, I was watching the rewatch the Prestige today. You know, doing some some homework for another one of our podcasts. So, you know, I guess there's a situation 
not not identical to that, but certainly evolving, you know, losing fingers in that film too. Um I, I just think if Rowdy pushes and he comes back early, he may seal his fate for good. Um I do think in this case there is definitely a coming back too soon before the trade deadline. Um now I know if he doesn't come back very soon, he's gonna be in a kind of dicey spot, but he could come back before and he could really seal his fate if he just doesn't look right and doesn't look ready. And it doesn't sound like he should look right or be ready at this point. Uh, I get the frustration because it seems like he was close to coming back and being healthy from the initial issue. And now he's had this. Bruce have also been playing well, though. Last thing you need to do is come back and hurt them. I know there are guys playing in this team who it would be tough to be worse than. And maybe that's part of I, I even as much as Rowdy has struggled, I, I I think based on conversations we've had off air too, you're probably like, yeah, you just just get me Rowdy to Les in some of these lineups over some other guys who are still playing. Am I right in saying that? Um like another left hander who uh plays DH sometimes for as an ex- just as an example. I don't even know. Where where my mind's at right now? If if he could maybe you want Rowdy over Jesse arm. Winker, right? That's that's what I'm asking you. I mean, probably Winker had some nice moments in this series, but I think it's about time to call it. It's it's been time to call it for Winker. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, we'll see. We'll see. It it also like you've got two series that are really tough and really important and then things are going to ease up and you're going to have a lot of runway like that seems like the kind of time that you could get Rowdy back and get him hitting well and maybe have a version of Rowdy Tellez that you would want to need to have for the run in to the playoffs and the postseason. Uh, I don't know if the idea should be, oh, hey, here's the Reds and the Braves and these are super high stakes games and are probably going to be really close, really tight. Rowdy, go out there and don't look like you're kind of still hurt and injured from. A oh yeah, yeah. I don't think there's. Terrible. I don't think there's any chance that they would activate him in the next week or so. Like, crazy thought, what he wants though. I, I, I took that more as like he's gonna get in the cage. Like in yeah, but I, hitting. I think he plans on getting in the cage like almost immediately and being like, yeah, look. I'm back over the cage and let's let's grunt this up and go. Like I Well that I, I am not in favor of. <laughs> because that's to your trade deadline point. If he doesn't do that and there's any concern about, you know, whether it being he himself getting traded or someone being traded for who's gonna come in and take his spot, it's like if he's not thinking that within the next week he's gonna be playing, well then it's the trade deadline and that's not in your control anyway. So if if what you're describing is some of the urgency, I do think it's gotta be in his head where it's like yeah, give me a bat. I'll show you I'm good to go. Let's go. We're, we're uh, spent too long on this, but I just I thought the quotes were kind of okay, curious so. and reflective of his psyche, probably understandably not being in the best spot. And it feels like like that just screams out. He's going to come back and he's going to be pressing really hard, which is probably the opposite of what he needs to do when he gets back on the field. Yeah, I get what you're saying now. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I I think they would, uh, after what, especially you made a very good point last episode, um, talking about where Wade Miley or the team should have protected him from himself mm-hmm. coming back too early. And I think on the heels of that, that should be the kind of the course of action with Rowdy as well. I do. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about this later. I've got I've got something when we do the look ahead because where we are in the schedule with how hard this next week is and then what happens next week, it's there's another wrinkle that's even more fascinating about like where they'll end up and why they kind of can't get complacent anytime soon. But uh, do you want to talk about this series that while it stung me in the heart uh, and the mind and the body and the soul, uh, it was actually a result that I think uh, Brewers fans can come out on the other side and say, you know what, we were in every game and like this was not, some sort of domination like the Braves can do to some teams. Yeah, let's do it. I I will get out in front of it and I will say it. And I know this is tough for you and you're feeling that I, I think it's a pretty good series. We don't say that about lost series very often. 
Um, it's disappointing that they did lose the series, as we'll talk about when we get to game three, but this is probably the best team in baseball that they faced. And the Brewers, it's not like they're just though like they can hang with them in the series at the moment. They flat out compete and in every game could win games. And again, we're hoping that we're gonna see a better version of the Brewers in the not too distant future, you know, when some of the guys we've talked about are making their way back to return, or maybe if there are acquisitions at the deadline. Um, so kind of like for all the good play recently and, you know, measuring yourself against division rivals and trying to think about a division race, this was a more of a measuring stick of for, okay, where are you really at? Like, who is this team actually in a top end sense? And if there is going to be this sense of, you know, okay, we could win a division, we could get to the playoffs. What might that mean? What might it look like if they find themselves in a series in the postseason? This might be reason for them to, you know, be a little bit more convinced on being buyers too. They potentially should because they can hang. They're obviously going to be at, you know, a deficit when it comes to talent against a team like Atlanta. They got some players. They can they can play against them. Honestly, what this series taught us, I think, is that if they're a little bit better offensively at a few different positions, they can definitely hang. And we especially saw that with an infusion of talent on Saturday. But we'll start with Friday's game. Uh, Freddie Peralta on the mound against Mike Soroka. And uh, started off well for the Brewers. Uh, William Contreras' double in the first scores Christian Yelich to make it one nothing. Jesse Winker singles to center to follow that with uh, Contreras scoring. Winker tries to stretch it out into a double and gets thrown out there, but the Brewers go up to nothing. In the second inning is where the first bit of trouble would come for Freddie Peralta, and it was kind of uh, like the story of the season when he struggles. He had two bad innings, and that was his undoing. Uh, in the second, Marcelo Zuna hits a sack fly to score. Matt Olson uh, cuts the lead in half to make it 2-1 Brewers. Old friend, former Milwaukee Brewer Orlando Arcia, then crushes a homer to left center to score himself, and Sean Murphy makes it 3-2 to in the second. In the third, Austin Riley, who just seems to be homering in every game he plays lately. The guy is just absolutely crushing the baseball. Uh, that, that was a that was my Brock Wilkin cop, uh, and it, that, that was it was a very audacious cop for me because uh, I think no no Riley's don't, got... don't walk it back now. This is the time to stick with it. <laughs> I think Riley's got some weight on him. Uh, and maybe uh, a little bit of height. I, I would have to double check that. But Riley crushing the ball lately hits a homer to score himself, and Ozzy Obbies makes it five to two. In the fifth, a Marcel Ozuna fielder's choice makes it six two Braves. After five innings, Freddie goes five, six hits, six runs, all earned, three walks, five strikeouts. Um, one of the teams that uh is the best at hitting the baseball out of the ball ballpark goes up against a pitcher who. Uh, has struggled with allowing the home run ball this year. Kind of just uh, baseball being baseball in this one uh, early. If I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, but that's kind of just it seemed like a uh, good pitcher got beat by the, one of the best offenses in baseball. Yeah, and disappointing just because Freddie, as we've talked about, I think it was the last pod, has been trending the right way. And it felt like he was maybe figuring something out I was, I guess, hoping, um, not to the extremes, obviously, that we've seen Corbin's performance take the jump, that some of what we've seen in Freddie's two outings prior to this one was some table setting like we saw with Corbin, where it's like, you know, he pitched really well, but maybe didn't quite get just every bit of um, the results that we wanted for him. Maybe this could be where he kicked on, and in fact, we saw the opposite. Big, big game coming up for Freddie in the next series. Um... The Brewers will need him to be good. And it's tough because you just you don't know which Freddie Peralta you're going to get from game to game at the moment. It's a real pity, and it's kind of a problem. It And I guess we see it in a season where Woodruff's down for a long time. Like There's no doubting Freddie's stuff. It does feel like he should be just... He should be better at this point, though. He should be more consistent. And that is really... that's. That's it. It's that's what it's down to. It's consistency. It's it's just having that something where it's game to game. There's something a little bit more replicable. Yeah, as you said, he does have home run problems, but even some sort of limiting of that damage, um, 
would be would be welcome. I mean, a couple of homers in this one. Yeah, I it it is the best offense in baseball. You're right, and it's he cut him some slack, but it was also just a disappointing outing from him because it felt like he was moving in the right direction. Yeah, um, I think it's it's tough to put, uh, I guess, a lot of importance on on one start, but I think this this next one coming up, he is starting in the Red Series, if I'm uh, remembering that correctly. Um, uh, I think it's it's pretty important for just getting them through this tough stretch of baseball. But like you said, the homer is just the issue for him this year. Previously, his career high in homers allowed was 2019, although that was in 85 innings. So uh, had trouble with the, the home run ball that year as well. But uh, 18 homers allowed this year, so the most he's allowed in a season. Um, following like, that... Uh, just just on Freddie, on that, if I was to say to you, maybe you've got this off the top of your head, where does he stack up against Spurs who've started a game this season in terms of ERA? Where do you think he ranks? Uh, starters? Yeah. I would say he's... So players I would have ahead of him, just off the top of my head, Burns, Woodruff, um, Ray, Tehran, Miley. So I say maybe Lauer's the only one that has a worse ERA than him. Correct. Lauer's got a 548 ERA. Freddie's 472. Like yeah, and that's not great. Like Colin Ray's got 16 starts at this point. We're not talking about small samples, like. It's tough. Like Freddie does deliver more innings more consistently. Um but yeah, that that to me is a little bit disappointing, particularly when just circumstances kind of dictated you would have wanted to see that move in the opposite direction to have a real kind of Freddie stand up season and it hasn't worked that way. Yeah, and especially when in some of the starts you just see how nasty the stuff is and how hard he's throwing, and he just loses the command in one or two innings and it mars an entire start so yeah big start coming up for him in the red series we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Uh, following Freddie, uh, the Brewers got three great innings of relief from Bryce Wilson. Uh, three innings pitch, no hits, no walks, 
no runs, five strikeouts. So really good job to bridge the game to the to the late innings by Bryce Wilson and in a position where the Brewers started to get themselves back into the game with a sixth inning two-run homer by Willie Adamas uh, to cut the lead to 6-4, but that would be all they would get. Uh, JC Mejia throws a scoreless ninth with no runs, no walks, no hits, a strikeout, and Kirby Yates closes things down for the Braves despite the, the Brewers able to get two runners on in the ninth via two walks from Kirby Yates. He would strike out the rest of the batters in that inning to nail down the 6-4 Braves winning against the Brewers. Brewers in it despite uh, six runs allowed by the starting pitcher, but not able to get it done late. Adam, do you want to go with me to South Hollow? I'd love nothing more. Next game on the docket um, for your Milwaukee Brewers, Adrian Hauser takes the mound um, against Allen Winnens. Winans. Um, I never got a pronunciation on that. Making his major league debut, uh, 27 years old, so a veteran. Went to uh, Campbell University in North Carolina, which is something I think Logan shouted out yesterday, calling it the Gonzaga of college baseball, which I thought was funny. Have um, you ever been there? Ever ever seen that? You've got to seen them play many. Uh, times, I've seen them but... play. I've not seen. I've not seen their ballpark, uh, but I have seen them play against various other Triangle or North Carolina teams. Uh, I watched them knock my North Carolina State Wolfpack out of the NCAA tournament this year. They would then eventually lose to South Carolina and not advance. But they are a good program. Zach Neto, as uh, we mentioned during the Angels series, who was drafted last year and is now playing the big leagues, is a Campbell Camel. So uh, they also had Cade Keeler, I believe his name is, drafted a comp round or second round, third round, somewhere around there this year. I think he might be in the Braves organization. Anyway, th- this has been useless college baseball knowledge with Andrew Snyder. Uh, but in this game... Uh, the Braves score first. Austin Riley again crushes a three-run homer in the third inning to give the Braves a 3 nothing lead. But other than that, Adrian Hauser was excellent. Six innings pitch, six hits. The homer to Riley to give him three earned runs, two walks, but ten strikeouts. Missing bats, limiting the Braves. But uh, the real story of this game, Adam, is Sal Freelich making his debut and announcing his presence with authority. In the second inning, Sal reaches base on an infield single for his first major league hit. They showed his family in the stands. They were all uh, incredibly excited. Um, just a, a great moment to to see a guy make his debut and really perform. In the fifth inning, I believe, had two great catches at the wall in right field. Um, in the fifth inning, he reaches base uh, via a single again and scores on a Bryce Strang sacrifice fly to make it 3-1. to one. Uh, in the fifth, Blake Perkins single to make it three to two. Then in the sixth, in a clutch moment, uh, Sal Freelick single to left, scores Jesse Winker to make it three three, ties the game. We'll get to the last bit of Freelick in a minute, but uh, you know a lot of hype around the debut. We've been looking forward to seeing this guy play all season. He has the thumb injury early on the same day or week or whatever it was when Garrett Mitchell gets hurt, and we're deprived of him at that point. 39,000 fans, nearly 40,000 fans in attendance. The stadium seemed absolutely electric on national television. Sal Freelick's debut, how can you not be romantic about baseball? I mean, you can't but be romantic about baseball, Andrew. I feel vindicated. We feel vindicated. Should be how I put this. If the prospects are good enough, they're old enough. Um, Something that I, I think I felt very strongly about from the start of the season, I think it fueled the hot start was like by necessity how Weimer and Terang ended up with the Brewers. And at that time, you still had Mitchell and just the energy and the vibes of that. And it, this was something Craig Council himself spoke to um, following the game on Saturday, both the energy like in the stadium, the energy that came from the crowd with Sal be promoted but also like in the clubhouse and how excited all those guys were and then of course when he comes and delivers like that I'll get them really excited we even saw some of this in like a lesser case with Abner Uribe and how like invested everyone was and how fired up people were getting and they're going to go fight for Abner Uribe uh, it, it's kind of been a recurring team it's just you've got good guys who are very close to ready that's where they've been like throughout the season now at this point 
you've you've kind of worked your way through nearly all of your good guys who are like just ready. I think we've got one more who we could see soon. And then we might just have a little bit of a wait and it, it'll be into next season. You with me on that? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking about Tyler Black, I think, is, is someone oh. we, we could see. I'm not saying him, and I think he could be next right. up. And then we're going to have I, uh, a bit of a, a a gap to bridge till we get to, you know, the times of, I don't know, Mizorowski, Churio, Jefferson Caro, those kind of names. I thought you were uh, were talking about Robert Gasser. Um, oh, well, I but, guess G- Gasser could be the late season. I, But I, I do want to shout out your Tyler Black thing. Um, Jonathan Judge, uh, baseball prospectus. Uh, Brewers guy did have a tweet last night uh, indicating that he felt like uh, what was it Uh, that Tyler Black could come up in DH uh, for the Brewers right now and provide more value uh, than what Jesse Winker is doing and my eyebrows raised and I was like you know what if he could he should is also the point go on give us a tweet he he said, uh, and then after that, he's he said, pretty sure that Tyler Black would offer more value than Jesse Winker as the DH at the moment, even with no AAA plate appearances. Question is whether a rental at a manageable cost would offer the same value or more. And I did the the uh, Leo DiCaprio from Django Unchained, where I was like, you had my curiosity, and now you have my attention. So that's an interesting thing to watch over the end of the year. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't. But I love him putting the idea out out into the ether and just like seeing what conversation bubbles up from it. Well, one of the things for me over the last. What are we now? I guess we're coming. We're in a season and a half plus in uh, to me being invested day to day in baseball. One of the learnings for me and one of the things that I guess in terms of trying to gauge prospects that I got was just in terms of where the steps are and that it's not always a linear oh well you've got to be you've got to show it at AAA you've got to be killing it at AAA of course that's the way that everyone will like things to progress but generally if you get to a point where someone is absolutely killing it at AA you start to get a really clear picture of whether someone can be real or not of course there are exceptions to that um we know, of course, of the you know, the infamous quadruple A player that the Brewers have that we're still thinking about regularly. He may make an appearance back up with the Brewers in Kesson Hira, but that's kind of we've we've seen like we've seen even with pitchers like Abner Uribe did not spend long in Triple A this year, and I remember you calling that in the off season or maybe towards kind of final cuts. I remember being surprised that he landed in double A as opposed to triple A. And you were kind of like, yeah, if he does well there, he probably briefly triple A, then he could be up in no time. It's exactly what happened. So it does like Tyler black is playing, has played so well at a level in, in double A that it may not take that long. Like it may, it may be something, and there could also be a needs must, which is kind of what you've just described too. Um, Matt Arnold in talking about like routes for improvement, he's talking about there's still room for internal improvement. That feels like the most, in terms of prospect, Keston is older, and that's a different story. If there was to be anyone else that's a position player, though, that to me is feeling like the next chip on the table. I'm for exploring any option possible at this point is there a trade out there great is there not a trade out there call up someone and see what they're doing what's abraham toro up to right now i heard he's been getting some time at first base just just try stuff within the lineup i'm i'm all on board with experimentation so you know i'm in favor of this conversation adam we're just asking questions i i feel like with abraham toro though if, if he was the answer he'd have been up quite a while ago as in they would have they would have moved him up because they, they haven't necessarily been all that shy in most cases about that this year. Um, and that is maybe something that when the season is done and we can reflect on it wholly, that would say there is a slight divergence maybe in some of Matt Arnold's aggression on that front compared to what everyone had come to expect and accept from the David Stearns days. Um, but 
yeah, we'll see. I they really could have used like if Abraham Toro was what they felt like if they were in what they're seeing like yeah he projects that he's going to help us in the majors now i think there are multiple times where he he could have come up and stuck and that didn't happen so i and you know what again that's kind of the keston scenario too and they've seen so much of keston it's like keston really should be up but in spite of the production we're seeing Maybe they're seeing the exact same guy behind the scenes who has had that production before, and they're just not convinced. Here's the thing, Adam. Here's the thing. You get Keston up to the big league roster, see what happens. DH him. You get Tyler Black up to Nashville, you teach him how to play first base. We're cooking with gas then, man. We're cooking with gas. All right. (laughs) To the eighth inning we go. A 3-3 baseball game. Joe Jimenez on the mound for the Atlanta Braves. Willie Adamas dumps a double into the left field corner. Jesse Winker follows that with a strikeout. Uh, Andrew Monasterio grounds into a fielder's choice, but it's safe uh, when they tried to get Willie Adamas out at third, unable to make the play. Stepping to the plate, Sal Freelich with the game on the line, runners on the corners, hits a sacrifice fly to right field. Ronald Acuna Jr.'s throw is not able to be scooped up by Sean Murphy. Adamas scores. Brewers go ahead 4-3. to three. Owen Miller follows out with a ground out to shortstop. Devin Williams comes on into the ninth, strikes out. Marcel Azuna swinging, then things will get a little dicey. Eddie Rosario singles to right. Forrest Wall, pinch runs for Rosario. Steals second, steals third. Orlando Arcia at the plate with a runner on third and one out. Strikes out. Michael Harris then walks. Ronald Acuna Jr. then walks. Devin Williams gets Abby out. Ozzie Albies to strike out swinging to end the game. 4-3 Brewers win. And the story of the day is Sal Freelick is here and the vibes are high. Adam, uh, I know you got to watch this game the next day. Probably, hopefully, already knowing the result. I got to say, I probably ripped a hole in my couch with my fingernails, uh, gripping the couch for dear life during that ninth inning. Yeah, I mean, a good old-fashioned Devin Williams Outing. I think he, ha- the only... he has to throw one of those in there every, every now and then I, to feel alive, which has always been yeah. have described it. Sometimes Devin Williams just needs to feel alive. It wouldn't be the same if just he was just baffling hitters constantly with airbenders and that there was never even a prospect of, of anything happening. Um, But again, I feel like as we talked about this last week, anyway, in one of the pods last week, it was even when he does find himself in that spot now, it does feel a little different this year. Um, and I even think he handles it a little bit better. He doesn't get quite as worked up as maybe he used to, and he works his way through it very, very effectively. And I'm glad he did, because this wouldn't have been one to blow. <laughs> I mean, you get this perfect, like, literally picture-perfect Sal Free, like, debut. Um, also, like, which is another kind of trend for these rookies just doing really big stuff. Like they get to Amfam and go crazy. Like we were lucky enough to witness some of this to start out the season. Um, but it's kind of been a really fun wrinkle too, that if only this happened with every, when you promote where it's like, they immediately endear themselves to the home fans and become like a name, become someone that there's excitement factor around, become a cult hero, whatever it might be. Like, it's been a pretty consistent thing from the jump for all of the four rookies who've come up to kind of factor into the Brewers. And obviously, Garrett Mitchell, we miss him dearly. We look forward to him returning at some point, likely just as a as a pinch runner this year. But hey, I could I could think of worse pinch runners to have at your disposal, maybe good playoff time than Garrett Mitchell. Um, but yeah, very cool to see him doing it on the defensive side, see him being what was it council had nicknamed him the hit collector um in spring training so kind of perfect for him to come up and just be exactly that to just find the gaps all over the field just manufacture the exact kind of hits that needed to be delivered for the brewers in those moments to where they needed to go show off his electric running um Sal Freelich, he is fast. I'm sure everyone knew this already. 
very impressive. I, you know, also I, I, I think I've worked at some of the, you know, your feeling of him being like just this inherently cool man. I don't know what Heidi is, but is it is it is there an element of you know? Love seeing one of my own out there. <laughs> yeah, it's I not... mean, that's definitely part of it. You know, he's probably. I, mean, I know Bryce has got that too, but I feel like Bryce is Bryce has got him beat on height. I think. I think Maybe so not. too. I don't know. I think he does. But you know, when when he made one of the catches in right field, and then he just sat down afterwards, and was just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was cool. That was that, that was cool. I, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Listen, I've been looking forward to seeing South Relic play Major League Baseball for like six months now. Uh, so you know, maybe I'm overwhelmed by the moment. Who knows? Uh, can I? He's can he's I, taller. He's taller than I thought. But this is one of these, of course, professional outlet things. Where you're like, is he listed at five ten? He's five ten. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I, be listed. I'm Bryce is six six foot. Okay, so there we go. Um, so you're right. You're right on both accounts. I don't know. Um, I think I think we get you and Sal in a picture, which let's hope we can, you know, set this opportunity up. I'm not convinced there's going to be too much between you. Can I, I'm going to hand out a uh, premature beer to the AmFam crowd this weekend because that stadium was full. Big they were nice. loud. They were excited, especially during the Sal game. Sal's family's there. I'm I'm a sucker for major league debuts. They got the family in the crowd, and they just look so excited during uh like when they get their first hit. I am a cynic and just like a dead inside person most of the time, but things like that they just really get me. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of Braves fans there as well because you know national brand TBS, a generation of people were able to watch them on cable and became fans. So uh, that was and probably part of it. Don't don't forget there are Braves fans in Milwaukee because they were Milwaukee's team. So that, there, there, that there is a generation of that too. That too, yes, I overlooked that. Um, and just in general, like coming off of a five to one or five and one start after the All Star break, so Milwaukee showed up and showed out, um, in this series. And I, I thought you know you sounded great on national TV. So Milwaukee, you get a beer. Uh, shall we move to Sunday series finale quickly, Adam? Let's do it. Bryce Elder on the mound against Julio Tehran. Julio uh, Tehran facing his former team for, I believe, what was the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. And a real bounce back to form for Julio. Just an excellent performance against, like we said, probably the best team in baseball. Uh, who knows like what kind of emotions are, are going on in your mind when you're facing the team that you spent the bulk of your career with. And he was frequently the opening day starter for that team. So um, Tehran goes six innings, three hits. One run, no walks, five strikeouts. The one run came in the second inning on a Travis Darno home run to the opposite field to make it one nothing. Brewers get that run right back in the bottom of the third on a Bryce Terang homer. His first one since was it May fourteenth? Do I have that correctly, Adam? Um, uh, I do. Okay, perfect. Uh, so nice to see Bryce. I, I don't have it up. I'm gonna just say yes. I'm gonna believe. Okay, it, it sounds right for sure. Yeah, uh, I that's what I thought. I remember seeing mid-May. We'll, we'll call it if I'm wrong. Uh, ties it up at one. Uh, in the fourth, South Freelick draws a leadoff walk. A Victor Caratini single puts runners on the corners. Uh, at first and third, Owen Miller sacrifice fly to single uh, the center scores Freelick to make it two to one. Uh, the Brewers get some two two outs of relief from Hobie Milner in the seventh. Abner Uribe finishes that inning off by getting uh, Kevin Pillar to fly out to shallow right field. Uh, Sal Freelick and Bryce Terang collide in what was a scary moment. Both players appeared to be okay. I believe the ball ended up in Bryce's glove. Is Do I have that right? I yeah, can't I remember right. who actually recorded the out. You um, also had May 14th right against the Kansas City Royals. Wow. Blind Squirrel has found two nuts so far in this podcast. Um, but yes, so disaster averted there. Both players would uh, stay in the game and uh, be fine. Uh, but Elvis Pagaro coming in to the eighth inning and a setup man roll. I'm guessing after the 29-pitch uh, outing from Devin Williams uh, the night before, he was going to be unavailable and they were going to go for Yoel Piamps in the ninth if they got to a safe situation. That's my pure speculation based on how those outings went. Uh, Pagaro did not have it. Three hits, three runs are allowed, all earned. The big blow coming on a three-run homer. 
uh, by Ozzy Albies, scoring Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna Jr. The Braves go up 4-2. to uh, Brewers get a scoreless inning from J.C. Mejia in the ninth, but are unable to get anything done against Rafael Iglesias, who would strike out the side. Three strikeouts in the ninth. Braves, Rizal Iglesias, sorry, uh, to make it a 4-2 win for the Braves. And uh, yeah, 2-1 series loss in every game. This one stings a bit just because uh, you would like to see the, the offense put together uh, some better run support for Tehran in the bullpen. The bullpen had been absolutely elite and electric, uh, Peguero included in that. So uh, while that aspect of it stings, um, the bullpen was going to give up. The A bullpen was going to give up a run again at some point, and it just so happened to come in a game where they didn't have enough of a buffer to, to make it not be punitive. But uh, overall... Win one out of three against the best team in baseball. Great crowds every day. Going into a series against the Reds that's now increasingly more important. Uh, Tough losses in between, but overall, I think uh, uh, I come away from this being more zen at the end of this podcast than I was going into it. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, good Brewers in my opinion. Yeah, I can't officially say we have raised Andrew's spirits over the course of this podcast, which is good. It could have been, if we'd started immediately, it could have been rough. Um, I do think, I think Craig mismanaged this one a little bit in terms of pitching decisions, in my opinion. I would have, I would have had Julio Tehran go out to at least start the seventh and see how that one went. He looked really good, 78 pitches. You've got the lead. I mean, I would have, I would have at least had to see a hit to be like, okay, you know what, we'll we'll call it here. Um, and if you're going the ultra cautious way, as they did, um, uh, Hobie Milner gets two outs, and then you're pulling him for Abner Uribe. I just don't think you like you used Piguero, Piams, Devin last night. I don't think you should just be burning Abner Uribe for one out. Uh, I think considering. I actually think in the majority of his outings to date, he has gone uh, multiple innings, although it's generally for, you know, one and a third. Um, He had two innings once as well. Like, he could do that. I don't know why he's not out there to start the Piguero inning. Um, And then you're saving those guys, see what you get to, and then are you getting to the nine to a lead? If if not, you've saved Piguero and Piamps and Devin, and you go tomorrow, you know, JC Mejia goes out there. I, I just thought that was a little, I don't know, a little quick with the hook on all of those decisions. And then I guess you a place where Piguero, it's not like he pitched a ton yesterday, but there is a cumulative thing to this. And this could have been a day where you could have won this game and you could have saved your A bullpen. Um, or at least saved having to make a decision on who was going to close it out to the ninth. And didn't play out that way. And that's unfortunate. Unfortunately, just for the bullpen to give up a run, um, this brings to an end what I believe is the second longest run in franchise history of the bullpen going scoreless, which, you know, hard to have too many complaints about that. It is always going to come to an end. It's just a matter of time, so it's unfortunate for Piguero. But uh, 28 and two-thirds scoreless innings in a row for the bullpen. That run has ended now. Let's just let's start up a new one. We've got one. JC Mejia gave them the one. Let's get the next 27 and two thirds just cooking right off it. Yeah, I think what you just said there and the fact that he felt like he had to use Pagera in that situation goes to highlight something that I think I've overlooked around this trade deadline, which is if you can get another guy to be, and we've mentioned this because of the the last guy in the bullpen or the last guy, two guys in the bullpens has been a roller coaster the entire season. But if you can have an A bullpen and an A minus bullpen, because you went and grabbed yet another guy to have at your disposal so that you can buy Piamps Williams, Piguero some time uh, over the stretch run and still feel good about winning games. I think uh, that's something that uh, would be valuable. Uh, shall we go to the master brewer leaderboard, Adam? Let's do it. Leading off, Sal Freelick gets two beers, goes three for three with a game-winning sack fly in his debut, makes two great plays in right field. 
just absolutely ignites the crowd and gets everyone excited. And then he has a hit and a walk in his second game. So uh, a great debut for Sal Freelick. Next up, Julio Tehran gets a beer. Adrian Hauser. Bryce Wilson for some good relief in bulk. JC Mejia, two scoreless innings. Uh, Christian Yelich, a 4-for-12 series, continues to hit and uh, provide some consistency. And Bryce Terang, uh, two hits in the series, a couple of walks, and uh, starting to kind of figure it out a little bit. Uh, the homer was a, a big deal today to kind of uh, get the Brewers back into the game. I know it was only a one nothing game, but a nice moment there to see Bryce tap into some power again. The leaderboard through 100 games, Adam. Devin Williams with 25, the old Pimes with 20, Christian Yelich with 19, Corbin Burns with 16, William Contreras with 15, Brian Anderson, Elvis Peguero, Hobie Milner with 14, Willie Adamas and Joey Weimer with 13, Owen Miller with 12, Peter Shreslecki and Bryce Wilson with 11, Rowdy Kleson and Bryce Strang with 10, Wade Miley, Freddie Peralta, Victor Caratini, and Julio Tehran with 8, Colin Ray with 7, Adrian Hauser now with 6, Garrett Mitchell, Andre Monasterio with 5, Blake Perkins, Jesse Winker, Abner Uribe with 4, Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer, Trevor McGill with three. Brandon Woodruff, Gus Varland, Javi Guerra, Tyrone Taylor, Rymel Tapia, and now Sal Freelich with two. Mike Brasso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, Abraham Toro, J.B. Bukowskis, Jemai Jones, and J.C. Mejia with one. A hundred games of baseball down, Adam. As uh, a society, we really like these round numbers. It helps us like get our head around things. hundred games of baseball. In first place, by only a half game now because of you know what? We're a pro snakes podcast, Adam, but they really did us a disservice this weekend. I believe you are muted. I believe I am. Uh, my snake slows down, Andrew. For that, I, I apologize. It's not what you want to see from the snakes. Maybe they can. Maybe they can help us somewhere down the road. I mean, in the, it's not what you want to see from them. It also is because it has cleared up kind of the playoff picture as well in a lot of ways. The, like may, the wild may card race in, the, been, in the long run. Yeah, those teams have been losing a lot lately. It's it's been a bloodbath. I can't remember who tweeted it, but until the the Marlins uh, walked off the Rockies today, uh, some of the teams chasing had piled up some pretty bad losing streaks. Other than the Reds, who have red hot again. Well, the, the Reds have the best record of any NL wildcard team now. So like that's, we'll see how this series plays out, but if it's the Brewers who fall back into that spot, you may be top of that pile. If that's a place like where the NL central ends up being for all of the crap we've talked about it all season, that you're going to have this division race and whoever doesn't come out on top of it is going to be the best of the national league wildcard teams. That's a good spot to be in. So we'll, I guess we'll keep an eye on that. Although we'd much, much rather to just, you know, See the Brewers take off, open up a lead, like they'll have a chance to once again do, um, having having let one slip with a tough series and with the Reds having some joy of their own. But yeah, let's let's focus more on winning divisions and I don't know, buys and stuff of like that. That ilk, Andrew. At the I mean, at, yeah, I would love it. At the time of this recording, fifty five and forty five, half game lead on the fifty five and forty six Cincinnati Reds. The 48 and 51 Chicago Cubs are six and a half games back. They've won three games in a row. Cardinals are 11 games back. The Pirates are 11 games back and also losing seven to three to the Los Angeles Angels. Um, so they, it looks like they will move to 11 and a half games back and be in the cellar in the National League Central. Um, next up, three games against those Cincinnati Reds. So another important series, Colin Ray against Graham Ashcraft, Monday, July 24th, 7 10 Central start. Tuesday, July 25th, 7-10 Central starts Corbin Burns against Andrew Abbott. Uh, the finale, 1-10 Central start Freddie Peralta against Ben Lively. Then uh, off day on Thursday, three games in Atlanta. Uh, won't go to the pitching until the end of the Red Series, but uh, yeah, three games at Atlanta. Then three games at Washington, which will coincide with the trade deadline. Then four games with Pittsburgh, three games with the Rockies, three games with the White Sox before they go to L.A. in mid-August. And the interesting part in this schedule is post-All-Star break coming up against teams that you project to be sellers. Just keep on taking care of business and treading water if you have to against the good teams. Obviously, try and go out and win a series against the Reds. Then you you do another one out of three against the Braves. You take that. 
and then really just try and pummel some teams that are out of the race and like not playing for anything anymore. I think there's a lot of real opportunity if they come out of this stretch relatively unscathed, maybe make some marginal improvements in the lineup and the bullpen and, or as we said, and Matt Arnold said some of the internal improvement. If we finally pull the Kesson ripcord and he comes up and does what he knows or does what we know he does, which is strike out, but also hit homers. So, yeah, um, the stretch run is upon us. 62 games left. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, can I come in with one random thing that I, I couldn't squeeze in when it wasn't random? Uh, uh, I, I would love to. Hear that. Just it's just carrying on. This is really at this point. This is like, is there any need for this? Maybe not. But just carrying on something I brought up on the last episode, which was uh, old friend Peter Strzelecki. As we're trying to kind of flesh out the bullpen here and be like, can they find another good arm? Uh, another positive outing. You went one and two thirds. Uh, three strikeouts allowed one hit, which did allow an inherited runner to score. But that was it. Um, so it's just some kind of stabilizing stuff going on. Um, no walks in his last three appearances, six strikeouts, only a single hit across those. Uh, something to keep monitoring, maybe, because I just Peter Shrozaki was really, really good for this team once, and they could they could do with that. I think. It wouldn't take too much longer for me. Like if he, if he goes another couple of outings scoreless, and he's not walking guys, he's not really giving up any kind of volume of hits. I'd be like, yeah, come on back up, Peter. I mean, what's what's to be lost there, really, in the Trevor McGill, JC Mejia of it all? Um, if it goes poorly and it doesn't work out, well, maybe it is just okay. That was a that was a nice thing we had, and that moment has passed, but. Yeah, I'm just something I'm monitoring because I am fond of him and I thought he was really, really good for the Brewers for a while. And if they could get him back into the mix, that is kind of a getting to a place where you can address some of the problems. It's like where, okay, we know what Epigero, Piamps, Williams kind of day looks like. You get six great innings from your starter, you hand the ball to them. What if, though, on another day, you don't have to worry about them and you've got like some combination of Hobie Milner, Abner Uribe, and Peter Strzelecki. Uh Maybe we get relievers who can add to this, to deadline. Maybe another reliever returning from injury can help with this, or maybe another couple. I mean, Aaron Ashby's probably going to have a bullpen around some capacity. But, um, yeah, a random one, Andrew. But I am keeping, I am monitoring Peter Strzelecki's appearances because it would be a massive, massive boost if what the Brewers had with him was to return. They could call him back up. To go along with that, Adam, I'll add something that I should have added earlier as well. Brian Anderson took ground balls on Friday and is uh, supposed to start swinging next week. So the, the internal options, they are internal and uh, we'll see how they uh, progress. Uh, Peter, as he tries to continue his good form in Nashville and BA as he attempts to return from injury. Uh, I see, you know, uh, there's a, there's a lot we don't know about the, the rest of the season and, uh, there's options though. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And, uh, we'll see which one, uh, the Robert Frost road we go down. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much does it for us on that note. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, Andrew might. We might next time go even deeper on you know some of his favorite poetry references to some of his favorite poems. Who could say? So I love Dylan Thomas. He's one of my guys. So there we go. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'd have pegged you as a Dylan Thomas guy specifically. Frost. Yeah, I could see Frost, but Dylan Thomas, not not sure. Uh, Christopher Bruzen. That's where you can subscribe to never miss an episode. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. It's the main feed, the Eurocept Podcast Network for all things Milwaukee books. Talk of the Tundra for everything Green Bay Packers. I make time for this, for pop culture. Uh, the Mission Impossible episode that I promised you on the last pod uh, has not been posted yet. It will be posted on Monday. So 
I promise it exists. It has existed for quite a number of days now, and it'll be available for listening. You should listen to that, and then you should come back for our Oppenheimer Chris Nolan episode, which will follow in its suit, and then there'll be a Barbie episode after that, I'm sure. Andrew, big, big weekend at the movies. I know you were at the movies. I was at the movies. Uh, well, I mean, we'll mostly save this for another pod. Was it was it busy? Was your experience at the place was like it was jumping? I I know you had an up and down experience, but just the one word answer for this pod. Yes, and I have a story to tell. And that story will be on make time for this. Uh, in between baseball games, everyone go go see a movie. There's some good ones out there. Until the next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Death shall have no dominion, Adam. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.